This reviewer discussion was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the works being covered here wouldn't exist. We fully support both the WGA and SAG-AFTRA in their fight for fair treatment and compensation against a system that continually denies them such. While a full boycott has not been called for, SAG-AFTRA has asked that everyone who does media about film and TV refrain from promoting struck content during this time. From what we can tell based on guidelines released, independent reviews do not constitute promotion of work but critical assessment of a work of art. Any praise we give to these works should be seen purely as praise for the artists, writers, and actors who created it. If anything, the praise is emphasizing that the writers, actors, and other artists deserve more compensation because they are who make these works and are subsequent discussions possible. Additionally, this recording was not made using any studio-provided screeners or material. Do not support any studios during the strike. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2. I am Brandon T. McClure. Uh, with me on this trek through the stars is Ryan Iliopoulos. Hello. We're setting our phasers to super fun this week. And Sparks Witty. The scissoring salutes don't get any less uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, you've, you've officially said it out loud. So you've officially made it worse. Yeah. yeah. So uh, audio, audio listeners will probably not know maybe unless you've i think you brought it up that the two of you um, scissor each other uh with vulcan excuse salutes. me sir we spock each other <laughs> spock a good spocking sorry. come on y'all um spizzering spizzer oh i'll take uh, ryan spock anytime <laughs> <laughs> um well we're here to talk about episode five of the second season of star trek strange new worlds titled charades uh directed by jordan canning Written by Henry Alonzo Myers and Catherine Lynn, uh, who I just found out we'll he- we'll see again in two episodes from now with the Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover episode. Ooh, so that should be fun. Um, I think it's a tradition now that uh, every fifth episode has to be a romp with Spock into Pring, but because uh, uh, last last uh, season episode five was Spock Amuck, which is the episode where they switch Katras. Yeah, yeah. So also Chapel. So also Chapel, because Chapel was heavily featured in the episode as well. So what do we think about this one? What do you guys think? I really love it, to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, I also really love it. It's probably my favorite episode of the season. Uh, I would agree. It's my favorite episode of the season as well so far. Um, we're only halfway through the season, which is a bummer to say. Yeah. We're still um, halfway. Hey, I'm a glass half full guy. We still got five more episodes. I yeah. know, but but 10 episodes hey man, is With this short. quality, I, I will take this instead of, you know... Like like six 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 secret invasion episodes, twelve other episodes. Like, nah, I'll take a sweet ten, baby. Give me that ten. Uh, yes, yeah, so quality ten. This is this is my favorite episode of the season so far. It's a damn fun episode. Um, I really enjoy that we open because like the trailers kind of made me think this was going to be like a Spock centered episode. And we, I from the trailers, I knew this was going to be the episode where Spock becomes human. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, this could be a Spock episode. But we open on Chapel's um, uh, 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 log, log entry. And I was like, oh, a Chapel episode. I'm into this. I'm happy about this. And then Spock's entry ha- happens after that. And giving the giving the impression that these are, that this is about the both of them. I think it's wholly successful at doing that. Yes. In unlike, contrast to last week. Yes. Yeah, in contrast to last week where like 
it. Ortegas was shelled. Yeah, or Ortegas is like, oh, she'll be the focus. I'm like, no, we're just gonna. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, but um, no, I I really really love this episode. Like we talk about every week whether how much we like or dislike an episode. Like the cast, the cast sings, and this week, like the chemistry is just off the chains. When when is it Gregory Peck or is that is 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 that a son? That's uh, Ethan Peck. Is this one? Ethan Peck. Ethan Beck. Um, when he's when his Spock is so good, but when he gets to just be a human being and uh, like him just being a teenager was incredibly funny. This entire episode, like this, is definitely like it's been a while since I've watched you know other Star Trek episodes. But, like this might be like the funniest episode of Star Trek ever made. Like it is like the entire like this is like an entirely besides like the good drama. Like this is a comedy episode almost the entire way through, and like it hinges on his performance and and the people who react around him, and it's perfect uh it's it's so funny and the emotion is there when you want it to be at the end so like i'm just i'm just i, I was loving it i was hooting and hollering the whole episode nice i'm, I'm really happy i kind of wish we'd watch this one together yeah i, mean, I didn't know it'd be uh, so hooty not, not, yeah I, when i was watching it last time i'm like oh damn yeah um yeah i think this episode allowed ethan peck to prove how good his spock is because you can see spock even in him giving him these human performances, it still feels like Spock and Leonard Nimoy Spock to be specific. Like it's still, yeah. it doesn't feel like an impression of Leonard Nimoy, but I can see the connective tissue. Me knowing very little about Star Trek, I still know what Leonard Nimoy Spock is like. He's in those movies. And, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I've seen I've seen Spock. Yeah. <laughs> I know what Leonard Nimoy Spock is like. And I think he captures him very well to the degree where he knows how to be the character and how to connect to the character, even when he is traveling this far away from the character, at least in uh, emotional performance. Yeah, I think it, I think the episode sets up a really interesting dynamic between Chapel and Spock that was set up in the beginning, but we kind of take a back seat to it because so much happens in in the next four episodes that right. Spock is avoiding Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of forced to be together on the shuttle mission uh, because their two um, uh, interests have intersected. Uh, this is a mission for Spock, but Chapel is trying to get into this fellowship, which we heard right. about again in the first episode. Yes. I, I want to say we had just one weird moment with them when he was captain temporarily in the first episode, and that's it. Or am yeah, I because because you know he has the because she almost dies and he and she and he has this yeah. kind of like freak out that she's about to die. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, uh, yeah. I want to highlight again just Ethan Peck's performance because um, the other thing I think he does that like you've seen this done in a lot of science fiction and fantasy shows um, where he's lost his mojo. We'll say he's lost his Vulcan stuff, so he's very uh, not playing himself the way he normally is, and he has to fake it. And when he's faking it, it doesn't feel like he's just being Spock again. I can mm -hmm. feel the decisions of him as a character, as a actor, mm -hmm. uh, being the human pretending to be Vulcan. Yes. Um, and I don't think that shines through a lot when they try and do that. Like usually the person just kind of slips into the thing that they're doing all the time anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like there was an amount of trying to capture it, but also like, leaving the human performance present he is doing like all three, his lines. like three roles in this episode you're right yeah mm -hmm. yeah the um i think the i think the the writing is so is so sharp in this episode but also uh peck's performance as we've as we've just uh, we've been praising the, the full time so far um i 
initially was curious why did he have to learn to be Spock again? Why did he have to learn to be Vulcan again? And it was only upon the second time that I realized, oh, he, that, that Laon says it. He's going through puberty, um, essentially. He doesn't know how to handle these emotions. So it's very difficult for him to slip back into being a Vulcan Spock because he's his emotions are just rampaging and just just <clears throat> flowing through his body in a way that he's just never been been capable of handling. I also like that he has a bit um, where he elaborates on for a moment that human emotions, now that he's fully engaged with them separate from Vulcan, he's like, they're different. Like we'll mm -hmm. say they're both emotions. They're basically different things. Yeah. Like they serve similar purposes, but functionally what a Vulcan feels is both stronger. So it needs to be suppressed, but also different. Uh, and so he doesn't actually know how to rein in human emotions. Cause he's like, to him, to him, these are basically not emotions. These are whole new things yeah. that he's like, this is not what I've had to gauge before. Uh, and yeah. I find that fascinating it's true. Um, because I think that's that's a really good take to put on it. That like it's not just like that. Oh, uh, you know, Vulcan suppression emotions and humans like that's been so simplistic of how mostly human Starfleet characters have explained the difference between Vulcans and humans for a long time. And this is deepening it to say like realistically they're they're like a person encountering the color purple and a person encountering the color green and saying they're the same thing mm. and they're not and they're yeah. both engaging with it differently that's a really good point sparks um i want to shout out real quickly uh the past five episodes i've been like where's sam kirk welcome back to the show sam kirk <laughs> he's making messes is what he's doing um he has he has probably my the 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 moment because we're talking so much about spock like i just want to highlight Probably the funniest moment in any Star Trek show is in this episode when Spock just attacks him. Like, I will break you, Kirk. Don't test me. Because of a plate. Funniest thing. Which I feel like is so after the meeting. I'm happy it's Sam. It feels like it is there to have that particular pull moment to look mm -hmm. at where he says, like, because you can you can see him saying it to Kirk Kirk as we know him. And so like, yeah. it feels like that's why they put him in the position. It's just this outrage is going to be really funny. Yeah. Um, I agree. It's really good it, on that note, like just the montage sequences that they do very effectively of Spock uh, pre being changed and post of all the things he does, all the people he hangs out with and how he interacts with them the laugh. is done really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. It's all it's all effective. And to highlight that also Chapel's montage that we get at the beginning, too, of what she's doing with her life, like doing the boxing with Ohura, having her friends quizzing her in all her interactions. That's how we move through the montage. Just really effective montage storytelling happens like three or four times in this episode. And it's always good. Sure. It's yeah. always it's always developing on the characters really, really well. And I mean, like our core two, Chapel and Spock, but also the surrounding people. It gets everybody involved in a fun way. Like it's really nice to just watch Una hang out with the girls. I know like it's not a major character beat, but just watching her loosen up and laugh yeah. makes me like Una a little more. Mm -hmm. So like, it's, it's just really effective to have them all like that. And boy, there's nothing better than all four of them later trying to tell Spock what he sounds like. <laughs> and him not believing them. You sound just like that. <laughs> do I really sound like that? I love the. I love yeah. when Ortega's is like. I rate. Notice I raise the eyebrow and don't. And and Laon just points like, yeah, that you got to do that. You do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. But you make up a good point because uh, so much in episodic storytelling, 
uh, you can kind of forget that these characters are actually on a journey because for the most part in episodic storytelling, they always revert back to one. Um, and, and then we go into the next the next adventure. But what I really appreciate about Strange New Worlds is that not only is is Una there with the crew, loosening up, laughing, but so is La'an. Right. Right? Like, the, like you can see how episode two and episode three... Yeah, episode two and episode three have changed these two characters because they're interacting with the crew in a way that's more, um, that's less stoic. They're interacting with the crew as, as as friends. They're allowing themselves to laugh. They're allowing themselves to loosen up. And it's really nice to see that character progression. Right. Uh, and and friendships, you know. And friendships. I think friendships being so present and continuous and growing amongst all the cast is a yeah. really that's a that's a uh penny in the pocket that's kind of strange new worlds yeah like that's that's kind of what this whole episode is it starts with you know one of the most like valuable things that we have downtime so like this is a very much like even at the end like the big stressful thing is is a, an, a, an engagement dinner right. <laughs> like it's not we're not trying to save the universe or anything right um i i, I think all the interaction with the with the chapel stuff is just so great. You know, like we all, we all love chapel. We all love church as I called it last week. We all love uh, <laughs> uh, the will they, won't they. And, you know, uh, not to like get too far at the end, but like, there is the thing of like, oh, the original series is there. You know, we can't have them be getting married and all this stuff. Cause and I'm like, I don't even care to be honest. Like what happens? I, I'm just happy. I'm not going to watch that original show. Sorry. I'm, I'm past that. I'm past that point in my life. It's great. I'm, it's there. I'm happy that this gets to happen here. And like, this is a wonderful journey of, of characters growing, learning to love. It's just, it's, it's lovely. So you bring up a really good point um, about chapel within her montage, her beginning montage is actually a, a clever little nod to her fiance, her future fiance. Um, they, the person that she is being quizzed on she in fact gets engaged to in the future mm. so i wonder i really wonder did they do that to set up that this character is going to show up in the show yeah uh, sure. and why are we going to see that and that's why the spock and chapel thing doesn't work out because yeah. she becomes she gets engaged to this other guy yeah, I mean, it could be like for like, let's say the show runs five seasons, hopefully longer. Like, there's no reason to think that they can't have a wonderful relationship and something makes an end and like yeah. it naturally comes to an end. So like we can still have the original timeline stuff happen. And we actually got to have this cute little ship. Uh, and it would actually delightful. and it would actually add to the original series Chapel and Spock relationship in a way that I didn't ex expect, because then it makes it so that when this person I'm sorry, spoiler alert for a six year old show that dies. Yeah. When this when this dude dies, um, Chapel reverts back to Spock, but it's too late, and that's why she's fawning over Spock because she's missing what they used to have. And yeah, I'm like, sure. that actually makes that storyline more engaging to me. It's not right. great; it's still not great, but Strange well, World has enhanced it. <laughs> right, right. But Strange World has enhanced she's not it. The best meat on those bones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I, I, I kind of I can see a path now where I couldn't in the first season because I was like I can I have to be like this chapel and chapel we meet in the original series are two different characters but now I can see the path the the vision as it were of making the chapel in the original series a more likable character frankly and I and I we we talked about this when we talked about the first season together Brandon but like I I'm glad that they did a take where they're like we could make this character better retroactively and mm -hmm. I do think that's the path they're taking what I will admit this episode did that I 
bums me out just because I know where things end up, um, thanks to you, um, <clears throat> is that uh, I'm not very hot on Tapring oh, anymore. Yeah. Like, and I'm just, and it's 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 partially the episode, but I'm like, just the the chemistry is too good between Ethan Peck and and the actor playing Chapel. Yeah, and I, I'm having a hard time being on board with Spock and Tapring anymore. It bums me out that that <laughs> Spock like like these people like take a break and then they get back together and like Spock's just on in an unhappy marriage that we don't know about. That's <laughs> kind of sad. Well, they never get married. They okay. Get they don't married. get married. Okay, okay. Okay. She, she leaves him for Stan, who we also met in the first season. Okay. Oh, so they get back together, but then they also, they break up again. Yeah. And a really elaborate breakup too, because it's really fun. So it's actually in context of this, it's really funny because in the, so this is just, Oh, we need to take a break. So then they take a break and they, they're effectively broken up. But Fast forward to the original series. Obviously, they get back together. They have to. The original series, Tapring decides to break up with Spock again by exploiting his pawn far and, and making Spock believe that he had killed Captain Kirk. Mm. And that's her that's breakup. Such, that's such Tapring energy. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. I was like, man, she had a really your next breakup's gonna be really elaborate girl you didn't you didn't tell me that before so now knowing that i'm like all right i get why you make to pring unlikable yeah. um, <laughs> but it but it but it's there now i'm like i i don't really want to see much more of spock and to pring together because what? i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's this is one of those things where being a prequel show just is is a little bit of a bummer because like you know we'll have to we'll have to eventually reset back maybe but, not in the show though we don't have to see it to maybe, bring again. maybe well like or maybe right at the end like it'll be the second to last thing the show does i'm back <laughs> you have your ears uh, this is this is ross and rachel but you know they never end up together oh sure <laughs> i i will say that on the note of to i actually really like the actress who plays her i think more accurately I think she... than this is joey and rachel sorry uh mm -hmm. yes the actor playing chapel is excellent i mean to pray sorry to pring she's good I think, I think she's really good i think i really like her um and i i do actually really like to pring as a character in the show um and and her inclusion in this episode actually kind of makes me endeared to her a little bit more because of you can kind of see the vulcan mask fall a little bit when it, involving her mother because she's just so done with her mother and she has a great line where it's like uh yes as fascinating as it is that some that some civilizations eat their young um which i just thought was really funny um i really so I, Bach, which was the problem yes <laughs> that's I, a good moment i loved her dad because that oh dude, yes. that dude Holy was like shit. yo this is a pretty nice house Actually, it's the house sucks. Yo, this house sucks. Yeah. Yo, actually, this dish is pretty good. Actually, it's underwhelming. You but know because, what? Because it's awful. But because he's Vulcan, what it is is that it comes out as, oh yes, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. I just didn't notice before. Yeah. And like, program. One of my favorite things is that at the end of the whole ritual dinner, he turns to Pike and he's like, "Is there any more of that delicious food? <laughs> is my wife around? Right, yeah." I I love I love his I love I love her dad so much. He's my favorite character in the episode. Um yeah. because because like and Pike loves him too, oh. right? Like there's the bit where he's like, "Do you have any more?" and Pike just goes, "I got you." Yeah, my man. <laughs> I got you. Um I really I really like her parents. I think they're very well cast. I think they're very good Vulcans in general. For um sure. I the 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 dad just showing excitement at the food is really funny to me. 
Um, poor, this poor cuckolded man. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> oh no. He's he's just like he's there. Stuck in a, <laughs> that in a is marriage. Rough. Yeah, <laughs> that, that man. That man just wants to be happy. That man would assimilate into Earth culture so hard. That's like the tastiest thing he's had in twenty years, and his <laughs> wife said, "You cannot have that." <laughs> you know what, honey? You're right. And she, and she goes. She smells it like mm, mm, it's over salted too, and just goes, "Oh yeah, I didn't notice before." Yeah. And Pike's like, "No, you know it. It makes sense because the starship, you know, got to cook it a little bit hard. differently." Yeah. Um. By the way, the return of Captain Pike's beautiful lime green tunic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I love that thing so so much. It's slightly altered from the first season, a gold trim around the around the brim this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that thing. Well, you know, you know these uniforms—they're always altering, they're always changing, they're always improving. Remeaning. And then you'll hit the original series, and then they're kind of going to take a step backwards. And yeah, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the episode where their badges become a patch. Yeah, mm, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, Spock gets turned into a human being. I really like the reason why, and I like the people and or things involved. I love yellow. Can we talk about yellow? Oh, my God. Don't talk about blue, though. Fuck blue. Uh, the, the line, one of them had mixed instructions. Yeah. Killed me. I love, they're just like so nonsense. Like, uh, we didn't hear a complaint after, after the order, like business as usual. Like, they're so right. just like, they're business aliens. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's such a cool approach. This is the most, this is the most like wrinkle in time type shirts sure. I've seen in in Star Trek. Yeah. Or in a show like this in general. They're so, they're so like, we kind of speak your language, but we're essentially speaking a different language. Yeah. Like we'll use your words, but we're not saying the same thing. Yeah. Our friend is like, like different than your friend. Yeah. And then like, oh, my friend, this has so many connotations. Don't start crying, church. Oh my God. She's uh, at a church again. I know. um yeah i really like their i really like these aliens um they're they're a really cool idea i love the bureaucraticness of their whole civilization i guess like uh per per contract instructions we you know per we we fixed up your people and we sent them back but one of them had mixed instructions that mixed instruction things killed me um and the I, i love pike dealing with them pike in general by the way mvp of the episode because I, re- I think Anson Mount does really well in drama specifically, mm-hmm. but man, does he love to do comedy and you can tell because he's such a good facial actor. Sure. Um, yes. Like when he's, when he's looking at when like, they're like, Hey, I've got visual. And he looks at Uno's like, Oh, first contact with alien species. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's, let's Come do on. it on screen. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I looking at? Is that a screensaver? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you? not corporeal yeah yeah. um the show by the way continues to look beautiful because that that vortex into their space is awesome yes it reminded me of the um planet from season one where they had to sing Mm. uh to line up the harmonics oh yeah yeah it reminded and it looked just as pretty too like how those visuals were done they were done just as well here and when we went to go visit them in their crystallized city they were on that fake volume but like it didn't bother me as much it didn't bother me as much because it's like fourth dimensional nonsense instead of like just being out on a plane there's an etherealness to the volume i think what what kind of cute i think the mistake of the volume is to constantly make things a circle um (laughs) and i i wish that they wouldn't i wish that they i wish that uh, the volume's just not like you can't really like move it right like once you make the screens you can't 
you can't like reset them. I think the next step should be to be able to like section off screens and use them more like a green screen and less like a, a circle area for people to just kind of stand in. I'll be honest, like I don't really think about the volume very much most of the time because I'm very much a person who like I take I take a very stage theater approach, which is like if I can be sucked in the story, I kind of don't care how shoddy some things will look or or vice versa. But I notice when things look really good. And what um I really liked about the volume in this one specifically for when they go into their their place is um really how how well the transitioning colors that are moving around specifically because of uh yellow and blue passing in and out are reflecting off the actors. The kaleidoscope. The stuff, way that yeah. they're the way that they're reflecting off the actors in particular, I'm like, you just can't you can't do that without the volume. Um and it looks really good. It makes them look like they're really there. And yeah, I and I true. really like when that kind of stuff happens. Again, similar to the music episode that stood out to me then too, that like the way color reflected off the actors, depending on where they were standing was really effective because it made me feel like they were there. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jess, but Jess, Jess Bush who plays chapel. Right. Um, she was talking about on the ready room, how she, how she found, she finds the volume very dizzying specifically in this episode, because there's no like thing to focus on. Right. You have like a reflective floor and then this thing, but like, on an episode of like what we saw uh last week um where you have like a castle that you can look at at the distance you just have the spinning wall that's constantly moving with the camera and apparently like they did 15 hours in it and they were just like ready to be done with the whole oh, thing i believe it it's like sure. it's like an interstellar <laughs> yeah yeah i thought that was kind of fun yeah um so box mother is in this episode yeah Amanda i Grace. love an order writer um she is uh she is a carryover from Star Trek Discovery. Um she was delightful in that in that season so I'm actually really glad they brought back the actress. Um because I thought she was really great in this episode. I really yeah. I I think Amanda Grayson just in general is a really good character across all the fran- of the entire franchise. Winona Ryder as you mentioned I think is great in the role um for what she's given. I don't mm-hmm. think she's given a lot to do but she has some really good moments with Spock that I think really yeah. sing. The original actress who played her is wonderful. Um, she's only in an episode in the movie, but I still think she's wonderful. Um, but this actress, once again, kind of portrays the warmth of a mother who is struggling to be a human on Vulcan uh, with a Vulcan with a son who wants to be pure Vulcan. Yeah, uh, but she loves him unconditionally, um, I, and I th- and I love that. I love that they constantly keep playing that role. Yeah, I I think it's really cool that that she she seems like she is a really complex person and like with with as little screen time as i was given uh i got a lot back because this is a human in like in an unfamiliar world who is who is you know who has spent many years now she has a son like the thing you just said was, was her son resenting the human part of him and whatnot like that's tough that's tough that must be really tough but she's also navigated the way like through it and like the way that she still is like really strong and like she is strong for Spock and like doing all that. Like, I thought that was really good. Like, I, I agree. I think she was really, really good in this episode. And like it's a strong little like, man, like what a tough little lady, like trying to do all this and like and for herself and for her kid. Like it's great. Right. And not not only that, but like this is mostly a comedic and fun episode. But when it got to the part where Spock uh revealed that he had been human the whole time, I was like, I didn't hate the beat, but I was like, oh, okay, this is the direction we're going to go with this, where he reveals to, to Pring's mom that he was human during this, and it's kind of like a, ha-ha, a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, when it turned into, 
I'm doing this to stand up for my mom and make my mom know I recognize what she's been through now. And they have that scene after together where he's explaining, like, seeing it through your eyes, I understood what you had done to you that I never had done to me. Yeah. Um, and that made all of that feel really worth doing. Uh, I'm really glad they went for that. And I didn't expect something like that to happen in this episode, let alone um, having that emotional pitch along with chapels when she's in the, the other place, just like two really strong, important emotional pillars in this episode that could have gone away without doing them, to be honest with you. This yeah. could have just been a fun episode and I probably still would have loved it, but right. like it was able to tug at the heartstrings and like be really like really dramatic and like have really good, excellent, you know, character stuff. It's great. I really want to highlight uh, Amanda's first scene. Uh, like, because, you know, it comes off of this really, really pure scene with Spock being like, sometimes I don't cry in the shower uh, with, Ch- with Chapel. And uh, Pike says, your your mother is beaming aboard. Um, and he comes in with the beanie. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, these are, so these are regulation. Yeah, they're regulation. Pike just like, uh, yeah, I, I have one, too. I got yeah. the same one. <laughs> what a wig, man. Uh, he's he's so good at like just defending Spock in this moment. Like like I said, like he's got such great like facial acting in this movie where he's just kind of like, yeah, I've got one too. And he's just yeah. and and he's got and um, but like Amanda knows something's wrong and he can't cut and he can't Spock can't quite play the injured Vulcan role very well, uh, especially towards his mother. It's very difficult because he loves his mother and he, and he, and he constantly wants to hide this this part of him. And so she clicks on that something far worse has happened to Spock than just a shuttle accident. Right. He singed his um, eyebrows. And so I really like the the reveal. And, and she's just kind of like, so I'm going to have to teach you how to lie. And we're just going to have to hope that works. I loved it when it was like him in like the chair and then like the, like, like the whole girl squad in front of him. And I'm like, hell yeah. Teach, te- teach Spock, some, Spock some stuff. I love it. It's such a good... Um, it's such a good trope that I think they use really well of the, well, postponing it's not going to work, so let's de- let's deceive them. And like this is a trope we see in tons of shows, tons of sci-fi shows do it. Star Trek's done it uh, before. So like, but like, when done really well, it's a trope that really sings. Um, and I think that in this episode, it really works because of the supporting cast around Ethan Peck, um, the the way Ethan Peck is playing it and um and yeah it's just i just think it works really well in this episode and i love i love amanda's performance on top of that i think they made a smart decision to decide that like the mind the mind meld is just something you can't fake yes um yes. and like there are limits to how much you can pass something like that off and that became too too deep and too personal and not something you can just pretend um, and so it becomes like a limiter on how long they can get away with the charade. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a really smart decision to draw a line on like, you can, you can fake a lot of Vulcan stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not one of them. I think one of the uh, biggest laughs I got, um, he's talking to La'an and, and then he like, he kind of gives her like, like he kind of looks her up and he's like, you know, I'm feeling things. And she's like, Oh no! And when she this moves, is no, and she moves into him, yeah. uh, like, and he gets scared. Yeah, you like you need to chill out, my guy. You slow down a little bit. Like that made me laugh because, like, oh wait, are you hot? And she's like, Spock, we are not doing this. Yeah. I thought that was really good. 
Um, but his but his feelings towards Chapel are so are still so complicated. But oh, I just remembered I want to highlight like when he's when Pike asks him, so how do you feel? And he's like, I feel angry and I feel this and I feel that and I feel hungry. And then and, and Benga's like, hey, we're gonna do everything we can to get you better. It's like, I feel grateful. I really feel grateful that you're trying yeah, to help yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, I think it's really it is so sweet of Chapel that like Spock had his like genes like universally changed and she's just in like a lab with like beakers and shit like i'm gonna replace his spock jeans and i'm like man good for you for trying this hard because like there's uh, no way you were doing that not only that but like um that they steer completely 100 away from the shitty trope which would have been you would have had a fleeting moment but a moment where chapel considered not doing it oh because sure. it would have got him trapped as a human oh and which she, would have meant the marriage would fail and she would have been greedy about it exactly yeah, and they yeah. didn't even they didn't even kind She's of a better that person way. than that yeah not only that they have her like completely feeling like responsible and and acknowledging he's not the person that he is yeah without this and she and, even, and that's you know i love him for all of him yeah and not just this he's easier to talk to and she says all of like these yeah, positive yeah. she admits things. she admits how there's a lot of positives but it's he's not, not him it's not him yeah not yeah. fully yeah and i love the way that yellow again get blue out of here blue doesn't understand Yellow is like, what does that mean? Like, you need a connection. Like, what? What is? Is he your friend? Which is, which <laughs> everyone's is, like, say you love him. Woo! Yeah. All the girls in the back. <laughs> or take us in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I girl. I really, yeah, I really, really like that bit. Um, I I'm glad that they they pivoted completely away from even engaging with that idea mm -hmm. and having her have survivor's guilt, as she said, and she doesn't even know up to this point that Spock diverted all the shields to protect her. Yeah. Um, and she finds that out later. And I think that's really sweet. Uh -huh. uh, but like, I'm so glad they didn't go that way because everything Brandon's told me about Chapel in the original series sounds like exactly the character they would have written to do just that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm really that. glad that's not here at all. Uh, I think I think it makes her, it's frankly what makes her an endearing and compelling character who I want to end up with Spock because because she makes all these choices that are like these are the these are the good I care about a person for who the person is choices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't quite realize I wanted an episode like this, but I but watching Chapel Ortegas and Uhura on the shuttle and be together, just like talking and being a good dialogue together and just being friends together, uh, ride or die together. I watched this and I was like, I'd watch the whole episode of just the three of them in a shuttle. Not not just the three of them. Take Una. Like we need a girls' mission. Yeah, let's do it. Take Una and Carol Kane. <laughs> Forget. Yeah. Us. She's a wild card. Give me give me a girls' mission episode. I'd love to see it. Oh my god, I want that so bad now. <laughs> um. Yeah. I really I really love like Ortega's being like you know I don't think we should fly into this thing. Um. And they're like and she, she even like things like why am I the one talking us out of this? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. You wait, you're asking me the crazy pilot if I want to not do this crazy maneuver into a portal. Like, you know my vote, baby. Yeah. yeah great, great she, squad. Love him. She's apparently a Jurassic Park fan because she says, hold on to your butts. Oh, yeah. I, I oh yeah. I clocked it. Very happy. It's still popular that. hundreds of years later. We were talking about like the the continuation of character beats and arcs and things that that we've had established going into the episodes. And I just wanted to highlight that I really like at the beginning of the episode, the elevator moment where Spock and Chapel are there together. Mm -hmm. And Mbenga is super awkward because we've established now that Mbenga can read Spock's body language and yep. knows exactly how he feels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And when he steps off, he's just like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, 
um, Chapel also has to do this interview. This, her, her kind of arc in the episode is that she has this interview that uh, is coming up for this archaeological medicine kind of thing happening on Vulcan. Vulcan. And she's denied it because she didn't plagiarize. And I just think that's really funny that Vulcans yeah. Vulcans does demand that yeah this paper is right so copy this paper right that's you how you have learn. It committed yeah 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 it, it's again it's the logical thing of like you should have just memorized the thing instead of you know be artistic about it like that yeah. is that is actually really funny like you didn't just copy word for word what's wrong with you like that Vulcans that's great <laughs> it's if it's efficient the way it was you have become less efficient yeah by trying to work around it I think that, yeah. <laughs> I love her thing of like uh like first she gets like rejected and then like or or what's the arc like um because she because she cause she gets a call she, back she doesn't get she doesn't get outright rejected she she they they're just not very impressed with the essay that's right we'll and call she you says back. well look at my field experience because I think that's the thing that really makes me stand apart and they said oh yeah we'll look at it you get to the end of the episode and they're like nah maybe next year if you really feel like you gotta <laughs> I'm an and alien she, and she's like I've done cooler shit than you could possibly imagine today yeah and then he's like oh what'd you do and she's like tell about me. it in my report that was that was <laughs> a serve that was a that was an <laughs> educational serve. She's going to publish a paper. She's like, read about it in my paper later this year. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. girl. I love it. For a um, second, Brandon, when you when you first mentioned that guy that she gets engaged to, I thought you meant this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you meant the, the mean Vulcan. I'm like, that's a, that's a, that's a look. Uh, we did meet a, we did meet a, we did meet the guy she gets engaged to, but he was ended up being a robot. So it wasn't actually yeah. him. LMD. Uh, that original show is wild, guys. I, 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 I kind of missed it. I kind of miss 60s sci-fi because it was all about like giant amoebas and space and Abraham Lincoln flying through space in a chair. And I'm like, that's, that's why I Doctor, that. that's why Doctor Who will always be magical. Cause like, whether it's 60 years ago or now, they got like, just throw some rub, rubber want. shit on the yeah, screen. Yeah, sure. Right. Like, hell yeah. Do whatever you want. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that they play really well with the bounds of what Star Trek allows for this time. Um, to be kind of kooky, but functional. It's, it's something I was thinking about while I was watching the episode is that Star Trek is generally very good about this, but like obviously Strange New Worlds has been excellent about it where it should be more complicated than it is to put the Vulcan DNA back in Spock. Oh, it shouldn't sure. just be something she's able to go there and magically come back with a gun thing that she can just inject him with, like Hyper that she'd spray. either have to bring him or something, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that doesn't matter. Like the semantics are not important as long as the character beats for the story are important. So like, it doesn't matter how easily she can repair it or, or it's, it matters the things she had to say to get there. And it matters the things he went through on his journey back to that point. Mm -hmm. And like the semantics of how he gets fixed. That's not the part like, who gives a shit if it's kind of like, wait, how'd she? Nobody cares. That's not what's important. Yo, man, and I I'm saw glad that they don't focus on that. I saw a character named Yellow that was the color of blue. <laughs> so, like, I'm just saying, like, like if people have issues with kind of thing, I'm like, oh man, open your horizons. That's what I think. A lot of Trek fans who are opposed to these shows, I want to be careful about my words because not all of them are right wing bigots, but like people who are opposed to. Uh, the newer the newer Star Trek shows kind of get hung up on these details that even past Star Trek shows weren't didn't care about. Um, because you're absolutely right, Sparks. Like Star Trek has always been more about the character dramas than they have been about the more about the allegory, more about the character drama, more about things like that than they have about the science. But so many fans get so hung up on 
trivia and science and all these things like, oh, well, the Enterprise, the original Enterprise could only travel at warp seven. Uh, but in the original show, they would travel at warp 14 all the damn time. But the next series would establish that warp 10 is the is the is the is the the cap. You can't go past that. But in that same damn show, they do warp 12. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Never right. mattered. But like and it, it's just a, it's a pitfall that a lot of other shows will fall into. Right. Where like once you set up something like this, writers will. Not that these episodes are bad necessarily outright, but for this, but like they'll get very bogged down in like this would mean Spock has to leave the dinner, has to go on the shuttle, they have to come back and get him, take him to the space so that he can be you 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 think too much about how the science you've created would work to do it, and you get bogged down in these things that would ruin so much of the character stuff that's being done in the episode. Yeah. And this particular episode, I think, highlighted that really well, but this is true of the entire show. And this is true of most of Star Trek. Um, like, you know, complaints about last episode aside uh, for what we had for it, like, I'm glad it didn't get too bogged down in, like, how do the memories retain oh, and yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's the meteor thing it's in the helmets and in the castle this Keep it, it it's not the important part of the episode and, and like even there like that's not the thing that needed to be fixed to make the episode good right. you know like exp- over explaining that stuff is not the thing that makes star trek good or this kind of sci-fi good it's the characters interacting with it that makes it good it's the fact that like when she goes to ask for help she has to explain what her relationship to Spock is. Mm-hmm. That's the important part about how she cures him. True. The, the part about how she gets the exact stuff in the science to come back and do it, that doesn't matter. See, I thought right. what was going to happen was, because it's like some like fourth dimensional being, his ears were just going to like, hit the, they would pop off and there's like, <laughs> and, like, and he's just like, I guess I'm back to normal now. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so glad they found a way to explain like doing the makeup ears like they do for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't want to put anything in his body because they're not sure what they're going to have to put in later. Yep. So they're like, well, we're just going to go prosthetics. Go, you <laughs> go old school, just, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have the genetic thing. We could just like change your ears. <laughs> I, I, I like the kind of like, here's what the prop department made this week. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, Spock famously all Vulcans are vegetarians. So it's really funny that he just smells bacon and just goes crazy for it. Eats so much, he gets nauseous. I get it. Um, I, I really like... I want to go back to Pike real quickly because I think there's so much that Anson Mount does in this episode that I just thought was laugh out loud. There's a moment where he tries to leave the transporter room and the door closes on him. <laughs> and he just, like, pauses. It's like looks at it like, is this going to open? <laughs> it's just really funny because, like, it kind of feels like it was a blooper they left in that sure. the door just wasn't going to open. And he's just like, uh, um, am I stuck here now? Um, and there's a bit where he takes where he's got the tray. Right. And then, and then, Oh no, we got to talk about why this episode is called charades. Oh yeah. Charades. Um, which is, which is that in order to stall Pike, says well we got to do a human ritual now and amanda's like with him like amanda and pike are like yeah a human ritual which is and pike's like charades yeah and they both look so disappointed in pike like even pike's like really that's the best i got that's that's the first thing that came to my mind yeah yeah Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> the, the bit where he's just like, two, so if it's two syllables, I say two words. So it's, uh, it's a sacred ear? word. Sounds like ear. <laughs> and he's just yeah. ear. And Pike's like, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Anson Mount shines in this episode as such a brilliant comedic actor. And it's so, it's so nice because like, I, one of the things I like about Star Trek in general is how different every episode can be and allowing a show to be this kind of episodic show again allows you to do the silly. You know, I talked about, we talked about a lot last, last season, uh, Sparks, uh, Sparks and I remember the episode, the Elysium kingdom. That's a silly ass episode where the enterprise becomes a fantasy world when everyone's all these different characters. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't do that on a show like discovery or Picard. Um, but you can do that with a show like Star Trek The Next Generation or Star yeah. Trek Strange New Worlds. And that's what I think the beauty of doing an episodic Star Trek show is because you can have these silly episodes and they still are just as important. And the stakes are just as high as Brian uh, has mentioned. You know, the stakes of this dinner needs to go well are just as high as this meteor is about to hit this planet. You're, you're so right, because like what I'm valuing in like Strange New Worlds, what I valued in the Orville is the same thing that. I valued when I was watching not Star Trek, but Farscape because like Farscape, like, you know, runs because, uh, you know, Star Trek ran first. Um, True. And they also have the same like nature of things can be goofy as hell sometimes and they can be serious as hell other times. And I think that's vital for these kinds of shows. Um, and I, and I think like, not that you can't have a good Picard or what have you of, of being more, serious i guess um yeah but i think having the balance of the lighter times with the darker times is what makes like star trek so malleable so able to be engaged with like so it's it's always a kind of feels okay if something in star trek doesn't work for you because there's usually eight other things that do that's yeah for that's, everyone that's the interesting thing about like when discovery came out it's like and again, I've not watched a lot of Discovery. I watched the first episode five years ago. Uh, but that was more like narrative, like not so much episode of the week. So like, if you go to Star Trek for the episode of the week, like, and you don't like one episode, like you just said, you can watch the next episode. If you don't like episode one of Discovery, you don't like episode two of Discovery, that's your show. That, that, well, is, is, that is the show. Well, and like, you know, I think this is what happened with New Trek. Sorry to kind of analyze for a moment, Brandon, but like Picard and Discovery are both born out of the idea of chasing prestige television sure. and HBO. Yeah. And Strange New Worlds feels like, not to give too much credit, but it does feel like it feels like it's confident it can exist because the Orville succeeded. Yeah. Um, sure. and I and I and I spotlight that only because I I do think like having the Orville out there proving you can do serious and silly side by side. That's true. Uh, is what made it them feel like okay, maybe we can engage with classic Star Trek style. And I in did, yeah, one of these shows. I did watch the first season of the Orville because mm -hmm. I was like, I want like good old Star Trek episode of the week, fun Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, there's there's room in Star Trek for the Dominion War, for example, which which dictated most of the last half of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. But also within that within that war was an episode where. Cisco and the and his team had to go into the holodeck and do a heist to save a holographic uh, Las Vegas hotel from being taken over by the mafia. Like that's that's really silly and really fun, and it's one of the best episodes of the whole show. And it allowed Star Trek 
being that kind of malleable was so important. And Discovery and Picard, as, Par as Sparks rightfully said, we're chasing that prestige streaming television idea of these shows need to, every episode needs to be in service of the overarching plot that is that is that needs to constantly be moving. We can't do silly because we have to set up the next episode. We have to set up the next episode, which is all in service to whatever story we're trying to do here, whatever mystery we're trying to solve here. And Strange New Worlds is not concerned with that. Neither is Lower Decks to Lower Decks credit. I don't want to take away credit from Lower Decks because it's also a sure. episodic TV show. Right. Um, and far sillier, but um <laughs> It, it's it's but you're allowed to have this kind of malleable Star Trek again, and it's really nice to have. Um, but like I said, like real quickly, Sparks, this season, Strange New Worlds, I I like the first season more so far. The I've liked a couple of episodes here, but for as a whole, you know, the season has been a little has been a, a, a little lackluster for me. But that doesn't mean that next week can't knock it out of the park, which in fact it did because last episode I was not crazy about that episode, but I loved this episode, so it right. can it can do that. And and writing that tone and embracing the the style and spirit of where the original series was, even as it is injecting, I think, more seriality and more narrative overlays for characters, because like we've talked about, these characters feel like they're consistently growing, their relationships are deepening, and they're carrying the things that we are supposed to remember about them from the previous episodes. It's just not in a way where like you are detrimentally hurt most of the time yeah. by not having seen the previous episode. And if you are, they tell you pretty well in the recap what you what's what important you for probably these. should have gone back to yeah, uh, yeah. to remind yourself of. But, well, but the fact like, that it balances that right. tone so well is the reason why Lower Decks characters can show up in the show and that doesn't feel like it's breaking the show to do yeah. because that kind of silliness is allowed here. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what we talked about with like She-Hulk, right? She-Hulk was the first MCU show where it felt like I could just put on an episode one day and just be able to watch that episode with no need to rewatch the entire series very much the same way of strange the worlds if i want to just watch the episode with captain angel which i really do um i will just put that episode on and that's just an episode i can watch one day like yeah, and yeah. that's that's the beauty of this kind of episodic television that's why this show is so successful i think absolutely yeah yeah um i'm glad i'm glad they found that really good marriage between marriage letting our characters develop over time but not feeling utterly beholden to driving their narrative arcs every single episode. Yes. I think, uh, I think what they do really well or take factor previous episode aside uh, is balance the crew. Like they've been very good on this show overall of giving us a lot of good moments with all of the crew, whether that's them getting their focal episodes or them getting just like prominent featuring parts, continuing their story in other people's focal episodes. Again, or take us previous yeah. episode aside. <laughs> and I just want to, you already mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate it. Cause I, I made it a point of that episode. The, after the Una episode, I was like, I hope none of this, I hope this isn't the Una episode. And then we don't see it the rest of the season. I do believe that she is interacting more in a friendly way with the entire crew. Same with Laon and stuff. So like, it, while it not, might not be like big narrative stuff, it is character stuff that like, if you are paying attention, you're, it is there. You're so right. Because like uh, looking at both of their episodes happening, you know, two and three this season, um, respectively, and then getting to this episode where we're really seeing them in a way we didn't spend as much time with them in the previous episode, both of them are now very presently laughing and yeah. engaging, and we're not seeing them isolating themselves the same way we were 
before they're homies and that is subtly present but directly there we've there's a reason why we haven't seen una and laon in the girl hangout gang uh prior to this moment it's because things have changed absolutely yes yep, yep. um the girl hangout gang and spock what is spock doing there when he's, he's just learning, a vulcan learning to lie because <laughs> um, when he's when he when they're that, like having like his social duties for this downtime where he's learning how to cook and he's and he is he, like Ortega's Una Chapel, not Ortega's Una Orte- uh, Laon and Uhura are having lunch together, and Spock is there. And I was just kind of wondering, like, what are you doing here, dude? There is read the room. If he can't be, if he can't be with Pike and Umbenga's busy, these are his friends. That's yeah. true. That's a fair point. You got me there. Um, this, I is a, this is a this is a a praisingly largely female cast so he's yeah. got to hang out with the girls yeah which is great uh, i love it for him i really love the cast in the show i really i want to real quickly kind of uh go back and highlight a moment that i put in my notes which is um i think i think sparks tried to uh was highlighting it too which is when spock uh takes off his ears um and he does so to defend his mother because mm. um to prill which is to bring his mother um says that um being half human was a disadvantage having a human mother was a disadvantage and that was actually something that i really liked from the star trek 09 where when he's accepted into the vulcan science academy they say it's truly uh, it's truly remarkable that you were able to accomplish so much despite your disability um your disadvantages referring to his human mother yeah. And he's and he declines to go to the Vulcan Science Academy and so it goes to Starfleet. Um, that felt very much in tone as something I really liked about Winona Ryder and Zachary Quinto's relationship that I'm glad it's carried over to Ethan Peck. And I forgot the actress's name, but her, she's wonderful. I love her. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that um, the, 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 to Prill also the, the Vulcan rituals, ridiculously mean but because you have to tell people what they're doing wrong and like like amanda is just like she doesn't want to say too many bad things to tapring um and tapril is like all too ready to attack spock giving her eyes you talk shit to my daughter (laughs) like like, she wants amanda like tapril is like telling amanda say something worse yeah um but uh one thing i really i really thought was interesting is that tapril Spock's hardly the first Vulcan to join Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not even the second. He there's many Vulcans. We saw two, three episodes ago. Um, right. So like, to, but Tapril feels that by joining Starfleet, Spock has abandoned Vulcan, has abandoned his people. I find that so interesting. The idea that Vulcan and Earth have been allies for longer than the federation has been around and yet there are still vulcans who very much believe that starfleet is not is not a worthwhile path for vulcans to take it is it they are still there are still isolationist vulcans in a way yeah to be fair you don't hmm, i haven't watched a lot of star trek but so i'm i'm coming from my perspective it doesn't seem like you get a lot of vulcans who are in Starfleet and spend a lot of time going back to Vulcan with any amount of real purpose. Like if you are a Vulcan and you join Starfleet, that seems to become purpose. Um, And so like, I get how there's an idea of like all the Vulcans that leave Starfleet generally don't come back. Sure. Um, 
I, I, it doesn't seem like it comes up a lot. And Spock seems to be a person who's trying to, just like his genealogy, ride the line between two. Right. Uh, so it's, and, it's the fact that, that he's not... engaged to to Pring that is the real issue here because it's forcing him to slingshot back and forth. Right, right. And like that seems... I can see how you create this idea for Vulcans of that seems more unreliable and shameful and wishy-washy than committing to either path. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, you want to be married in, to a Vulcan and be on Vulcan? Then you do that. You want to be in Starfleet? Then you do that. Yeah, yeah. You don't get to have it both ways. Like, they're very, they very much seem like of a mindset that that's how they, that's how they believe things should be. Like, you know, they might not like when Vulcans join Starfleet, but they respect the, the commitment yeah. to it. And, like, Spock seems wishy-washy, I think. Speaking, you know what, like, to bring a, a, a good actor, uh, the character is she is she's kind of she's kind of kind of sucks. I do like that she's like after everything we've been through, Spock. You st you still don't trust me. You couldn't tell me you were going through this. Like I agree with her, and like he has gone for months at a time, and I'm like you are not a great partner. Like was, I think that is true. <laughs> yes, I think I think that that part is true. I think that this is a very good like they're both right and they're both wrong. Yeah. Um, because you see the moment earlier in the episode where Spock is going to tell her mm -hmm. and what she says that makes him not because of how her mom is being and that he isn't wrong, especially considering her full Vulcanism to decide that it's better to not force her to lie in the scenario. But it's more about like the distrust and the repeated, like if this was a, if this was the one time where he did something like yeah. this on the sly, I don't think it would hit to Pring as hard, but it's, it's that this, kind this of all deceptiveness. Yeah, yeah. About it. And like, and all obviously, and obviously adventures. like the, yeah. the love triangle stuff, you know, she, she watches chapel, like walk around the corner with him and yep. she's like, Oh, don't like that. This is their um, engagement <clears throat> dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, uh, but I think they do a good job of like, when he makes the argument of like, these are the reasons I didn't tell you. I think I'm like, those are very valid reasons. Like yeah. that's very much from a, his perspective, like that you can see where that's right. And you can also see from her perspective where like, she's totally right to call him out on not trusting her. Yeah. And like both sides have their reasons and they make sense. And that's why they should break up. And this is a new timeline where they never get back together and him and chapel live happily ever after <laughs> Kelvin. I, it's okay. I did not expect them to put Spock and chapel together ever. Yeah. And to I, to be fair, like they might not like the next episode. It just might be that was a chapel. Chapel talks about in the first in the first season how she's really bad at relationships. Um, right. She could just revert into that and just kind of push away from Spock after oh, this, this was a moment. Mistake. I don't. Yeah. I I don't think that this is the kind of thing they're gonna do. Like next episode, undo or, yeah. or walk back. I think they're gonna let this breathe out for a bit. Um, I think that's part of the point of going for it. The way they did, why we end on a kiss between them, is that like this is gonna be a moment in their lives. Like this is this is now new foundational information about why their relationship is what it is down the road. Ooh, are they gonna keep it a secret? Um, and and I think that's really that's really cool mm -hmm. um, because like you can have these kinds of things be in the story and i don't think it it necessarily has to be canon breaking to yeah. allow this relationship to exist mm -hmm. um for its moment in time uh and that we as fans who are clearly enjoying and engaging with the chemistry of these fantastic actors playing these characters off of each other who want to be with each other uh we get to enjoy it even though we'll know it won't last forever because uh a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts it's true vision every word there you go uh, 
we get we get to look at Pike's bathroom, just like his quarters. It's beautiful. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't remember a single detail. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this a lot and now to be fair bathrooms are actually something that we've seen in Star Trek uh, Next Generation quite a bit we've seen baths we've seen sonic showers we've seen sinks we've never seen a toilet and I was looking I was looking when we when when, when Ethan Peck goes into Pike's bathroom which looks like something out of a, a fancy restaurant with the wood paneling and the, the oh lights. see Brandon that's why I didn't think it was a bathroom because it was huge <laughs> yeah it's a really nice bathroom and yeah, like yeah, yeah. we see that we see the sink but there's doors. There's like doors here on the on the side. I'm like, that's where the toilet is. That's where everybody the toilet poops. is. Secret. Everybody poops right out into space. Right in the space. We're gonna open that, and that's the that's where the toilet is. Um, yeah, I I um. By the way, sonic showers uh, are a thing in Star Trek. They you know they don't use water for showers anymore. However, there are still baths. I find that interesting. Sonic baths. That came up uh, in episode three when Kirk. Brought it up to Laon. Mm. Yeah, Voyager had uh, bathtubs, and they still fill it with water. And but they also had sonic showers, and I always thought that was interesting. Now, granted, when you said that, like I thought that when he was talking about sonic showers, that was supposed to be like, yeah, that's the shitty timeline thing. <laughs> like you don't have water in your showers anymore. You get you get showered by air. <laughs> and I was like, um, oh man, that is dark. And now you're like, no, that's just Star Trek. <laughs> No, that's just Star Trek. Sonic showers. I, I think I I believe we've seen a sonic shower work in I think Voyager. It's uh what it does is it like it like vibrates the gunk off of you. It's like frequency. Yeah, it's frequencies. Yeah, it like vibrates the gunk off of you and you become clean that way. Yeah, it sounds it's so unsatisfying. It's like um you know those things you put your cell phones in to like yeah, stand. Yeah. It's uh-huh. like that, but like you stand in a thing. That sounds so. So unsatisfying. Yeah, I agree. I love water. Far less wasteful for sure, but like, dang. I don't want to get vibrated clean. That sounds awful. There's now 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 that I say that, but I seem to recall the Cerritos, which is the lower deck ship, has a communal shower. And I believe it was using water. Well, they're lower. Well, that, that's their lower deck. They're lower class workers. Yeah, they can't afford sonic showers. Which means they get better showers. They just have to do it with everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They get more wasteful showers. Bro let, me, bro, let me tell you, if I was in that future, I would want to shower with a bunch of other people if it meant I used water instead of getting vibrated. <laughs> Can you imagine it's like um, four of us? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you would never know the difference, right? Because it's been hundreds of years since the since the sonic shower was invented. Sure you would you would be birthed into the vibration. So, oh my like, god, wait, when you're born, you imagine, a baby, a little guy's vibrating the gunk off you I want this. Born. I want this to be a Lower Decks episode where, like, one of them moves up the ranks and they get their own, like, private oh, quarters yeah. and everything and they encounter the sonic shower and they experience it. They're like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the water? Where's the water? Yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, okay. I think that's... I think that's... I think that's it. You know what this ad? You know what that is? That's another great episode of Star Trek. A really great episode. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a uh, that's that oh. that's it. Ho- hopefully next next season's episode five is just as fun. Gotta uh, be Spock. Gotta be Church. I'll put it this way. Uh, <laughs> I I was last week. I was like, man, I'm I'm enjoying Strange New Worlds, but I don't think it's going to be in my top fifteen this year, and that's okay. Uh, it was last year, and and that's all right. And then this episode comes out, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we're in the running. Let's the rest of the season. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Absolutely. I'll, 
I'll tell you this. If the Lower Deck Strange New Worlds crossover is as good as I really want it to be, it will most likely end up in my top 15 again. I just, that's that's just, I just, it's okay. I know that's not going to hit as hard for me as it will for you. Oh, for sure. Uh, that's going to be a really interesting episode to discuss here because uh, you guys don't watch Lower Deck, so it will Here's what we'll do. Here's different. what we'll do. Are those episodes 20, 20 minutes long? Yeah. Lower Decks? Okay, well, let's, let's watch the first episode. Just the first episode. Okay. Let's do that. We, I think I can boilerplate. I can get that one done that crossover so at least we have some context yeah that way you'll be introduced to boimler and mariner who are the two characters yeah. jack quaid and tawny newsome there you go sure love it um okay wait. Well, no what? you keep going sorry that was that was on me wait <laughs> um, all right so that's that's that that's that that's another episode of star trek strange new worlds in the in the databanks uh for you guys to check out um, the next episode will, will be out and we'll talk about that one as well. And then what, and then after that is the lower decks crossover. So two more episodes mm-hmm. so we get there. Sorry, um, I just cool. can't hide it. Cool. So that's, that's fake nurse watch guys. There's plenty more fake nurse watch. If you like this video, subscribe to this channel. There's of course the audio feed. If you're, if you're listening to this, make sure to subscribe and only podcatchers of choice, but there's other fake nurse watch series that you can check out such as secret invasion. We have just decided we will probably come back to secret invasion at the end of the series. So stay tuned. And that's probably going to be, gives you an idea of how we're feeling about that show at this moment in time. Um, and uh, so uh, Caesar, is that Caesar? Is that Thomas Caesar. Um, so that so the, uh, stay tuned for that final episode to uh, show up of course uh, only five more episodes of Star Trek Change New Worlds to go and then uh, we'll see where we go from there so that's that of course there's other shows on this channel Basement Arcade which are video games uh, let's play series Basement Arcade pause menu or video game discussion series new episode out now where you guys discussed your quarterly events some news and some games that you're playing Correct. That is true. true. Check it out. Um, of course, there's Conversation, uh, which is a show that I do where um, uh, where I talk to other podcasters. That's only an audio. So if you're listening to the audio, please subscribe to this that show and uh, enjoy it. A new episode out where I talk to Rachel Strange, um, who's become a good friend of mine um, of the Narrative Labyrinth podcast. Coming up is Dean Dark, the cast of Dean Dark. If you've been listening to or watching to the, uh, the main show, we've been showcasing Dean dark for about 30 weeks now um so the cast of that will join me on conversation um there's of course animation station uh Fichtner book club um uh, miscellaneous all of which have new shows coming there they are coming it's just been a little slow getting getting them going and uh, the real score once again new shows are coming or, of course, you can check out the Mothership Show, the, the, the main show, the Fake Nerd Podcast, which goes live every Sunday morning. Um, we recently rebooted us every Sunday morning where we discuss some news and the, the news of the week and, of course, what we do. Um, as far as reviews, that has been moved out of the show. And coming up with Cinephiles for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is the one that we know for sure is in the pipeline. So stay tuned for that. You can also check out our Patreon and our T Public if you'd like to support us financially, or you can find us on our website where all the links that I've told you about, all the links that, that I've just said, those are all there on our website at fakenerpodcast.com. Uh, you can find our socials, Fakener Podcast on all the socials. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me writing for CBR.com, Atomic Geekdom.com, and KaijuRamaMedia.com, where I'm also the editor. And I just put up a Kong Skull Island, sorry, a Skull Island anime review. Please check it out. Work really hard on it. Sparks? Uh, you can find me 
um, reminding you that if I did my job correctly, then at the beginning of this, there should have been a disclaimer about the writer's strikes and the actor strikes and that we are in full support of what mm -hmm. they're doing. And the links for that should be below. So go, you know, do what you got to do to support because we're in full support, even as we are reviewing content like this uh, at SparksWitty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z-V. And Ryan. Hey, DJ Tony Snark 616. All right, guys, like this video, subscribe to this channel, subscribe on all your podcatchers of choice if you're listening to the audio. Until next time you see us, guys, live long and prosper. Hey.